Yes, hi. I am calling this number because I saw it on a bathroom wall. Um, seeing if you're Brandy. I'm Brandy Lucas, and this is Brandy is Going to Hell. My taste in music is all over the shop, and it's the driving force behind this show. I will be bringing you music updates and chats with artists that you won't hear anywhere else. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. I was like done with touring. I've done like the tours all up through my life and stuff. But I said the only band that I would ever tour with would be Rival Sons. And once you know it, like five years later, I got Ooh. the call to try it for the band. It's crazy. It's yeah. I, I actually believe in that whole um, projection, putting yourself out there in the universe and asking for what you want. Absolutely, totally uh, subscribe to that. I'm Brandy Lucas, and that was Todd Ogren, the keyboardist for two-time Grammy-nominated band Rival Sons. If you don't know Rival Sons, you should. They are an electrified soul and rock and roll band hailing from Long Beach, California. In this episode, Todd and I chat about keeping busy during the pandemic, how he went from the Philly hardcore scene to the Sunset Strip to the keyboardist in Rival Sons, what he's working on personally, and more. We dive into some weird questions and touch on pizza toppings, too. I am so happy to relaunch Brandy is Going to Hell with more structure. 2020 was a total toss-up, and I channeled a lot of my energy in places where it wasn't needed or productive to my well-being. I worked from home every day from 10 to 7 and then kind of put my true calling to the side. Um, you know, the whole pandemic, I've watched gatekeepers in the music industry and in different music spaces interview the same people and have the same conversations. And to be honest, I find it quite boring. There are people and artists with stories and they're not being heard only because there's no outlet for them to do so. I think this pandemic has taught me a lot about overcoming fear, imposter syndrome, and worrying about what others think way too much. In 2020, I released five episodes of Brandy is Going to Hell. 2019 had a number of episodes as well. And looking at the numbers, there's something there. There are people who are listening. There are people who are engaged. And I need to take advantage of this space that I create for people to be put on a pedestal and tell their story. I believe in these artists and somebody might stumble across them and have a love for them as well. At the end of the day, I feel like it's my purpose and my godsend to put more energy into this child of mine. I feel like it's doing a disservice to the awesome music I support and consume, which is why I did a slight rebrand. I upped the production and have contacted loads of artists I'm friends with and or love personally. And I just want to put out more good vibes in 2021. At the end of the day, I'm a music fan. Yes, I get to work in management during the day, but at night, like, I'm creeping through the crate or maybe the figurative crate, uh, which is the wormhole of Spotify and other streaming services to find bands that I like. It's an active love 
With that said, I wanted to dive into some new music I'm currently digging hardcore. So the post-punk space coming out of the UK and Ireland is very, very interesting to watch. And at this point, I think it's all a matter of who does it best, right? With so many sounds that are very similar, but also very different coming out of the UK and Ireland. It's interesting watching all of these big outlets cover it like, oh, yep, been done before, heard that before. But I really think a lot of these artists have something special to offer, even if it's kind of like a mutation of what you heard before. Without a doubt, the murder capital based in Dublin is at the top of that space. They released When I Have Fears in 2019, and it is just this attitude that I think is so defining of a lot of music coming out of the UK and Ireland at this point. So I definitely recommend listening to the Murder Capitals When I Have Fears front to back solid record and just so you know they were my last concert before the pandemic hit March 12th 2020 baby and I'm living off of that high until I can go to a show again. With that said, and going back to February releases that got my gears grinding is London Four Piece TV Priest's album Uppers. In addition, I really dig Leeds-based band Mush and their new album, Lines Redacted. So I would definitely recommend checking out those two artists, both post-punk and offering different vibes coming out of the UK. Some more great music I thought that came out of February. I freaking love the psychedelic porn crumpets. And they released a new record, Shiga, The Sunlight Mound. So please check that out. It is just something that you can put on and get lost in. And it fucking rocks. Huge hat tip to Australia for also producing these amazing bands. One of them being psychedelic porn crumpets. I'm obsessed with also all the girl punk rock coming out of... Australia as well. I'm going to leave it at one more release in February that's absolutely blown my mind, which the album title is called Comfort Food, and that's Comfort with a K. This release is by three artists who are all beat makers. We've got Eloquent, Boom Baptist, and Juicy the Emissary. And this album is just dope as fuck, to put it as straightforward as possible. The whole album is a hip-hop instrumental and a reimagining of samples by the late Jay Dilla. So I highly recommend checking that out as well. Without further ado, I am so excited to introduce Todd Ogren, the keyboardist for Rival Sons, who is also a touring and session musician, to Brandy is Going to Hell. I've known Todd for the past couple of years. My husband, Mike, uh, was on the road with Rival Sons as a guitar tech, and I was introduced to Todd through that avenue. Todd is such a knowledgeable person, awesome musician, and just a great person in general. So I'm so, so, so honored to have him on Brandy is Going to Hell. Hi, Todd. Hello, Brandy. It's Todd. Nice to see you. How are you today? What'd you do today? I've just been writing music all day. Awesome. Um, just been uh, just trying to muster up some work the best way that I can, you know? Cool. How about you? Um, I worked all day. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that nine to five, except mine's 10 to seven. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so you're just going right through it. 
Yeah, yeah. And here I am with you. I'm so excited. Um, and me too. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. So I guess we'll just jump right into it because that's the best way to start, right? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So you and I are both South Jerseyans represent. I love Yeah, that. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. I know. Crazy story um, how we all know each other. But I'll talk about that when I lead us all into the intro uh, to this. But um, to say the least, 2020, let's just get that off the table <laughs> and 2021. However, I kind of want to time travel back to the beginning of 2020 you were at the fucking grammys and that yeah. is so cool so rival sons were nominated for best rock album with feral roots and best rock performance for too bad yep. what was that experience like one two i want to know all about your rad outfit so lay it all <laughs> on me <laughs> all right so um yeah it was like january like late january and, um, you know, we were nominated and it was like that, like whole experience of just finding out we were in uh, in Europe touring. We got the, the call on the bus and we were all celebrating. It was great. So we finally get to um, the Grammys uh, the night before we're staying in L.A. And uh, it was it was a surreal experience on many levels, just for the fact that, you know, you're going to the Grammys and you're seeing you're going to be like you know, just walking the red carpet, doing the the step and repeat with the news outlets. Mm -hmm. But then also, um, unfortunately, it was, um, you know, Kobe Bryant just passed. Mm -hmm. So we're going into the Staples Center, the house that Kobe built. And it was just, it, it was bitter. It was bittersweet, the whole scenario. But um, unfortunately, uh, for the way that the Grammys go this day and age, it was, um, you know, our category wasn't on the primetime uh, slot. Yeah. It was like, you know, in the like late afternoon. Mm -hmm. So um, it was great, though, because we got to, you know, see all the nominations on like the, uh, you know, comedy and, um, you know, uh, different like other categories that you really wouldn't see on the primetime show. So it was a cool experience that way. But it was like, you know, we're all at the hotel. We all get into... Um, our, our cars and we're just uh, just having a good time. And uh, after everything was said and done, um, we stayed for like the first half of uh, the Grammys. And then we were just like, we're so hungry. We're just like, let's go get some Mexican food. Seriously, it's like, <laughs> we're just hungry. But uh, yeah, the uh, from what I was wearing, um, I actually put that together about a week before I actually went. Okay. Um, well, where it did was, you get a star suit from a week before? <laughs> yeah, well, I actually found that jacket. It's um, a fixed jacket, P-H-I-X, but okay. I found it on eBay. And um, but then I had I worked that whole outfit with um, a hat that I had made from Hatworks in Nashville by the wonderful Gigi. And it's a um, it's like a white flat brim felt hat um totally custom to my head and like the, the whole design her and i came up with it so uh it was great it was really really cool that is really cool so was yeah. that that's your first time there so it must have oh, been yeah. surreal in itself yeah. you know regardless of the somber kind of attitude of the day but congrats yeah. to you guys that's such an honor to still you know be nominated and be in the moment you know that's really cool <laughs> yeah and like no one can ever take that away from us from the band or anything and yeah. we can always say like you know grammy grammy nominated 
rock band rival sons you yeah, know and so anytime that i'm like uh you know people ask like, oh what do you do i'm like well i'm a i'm a you know i'm a fry cook on venus um no <laughs> uh but um yeah i could say yeah grammy nominated grammy nominated uh rock band rebel sun so, so amazing. it's really it's, it's an honor roots really. is like such a great record too so that's it awesome. is <laughs> it, i love that record i mean i'm not even going to downplay it i mean that's like my top favorite my favorite record of rival sons awesome sweet yeah so i know bits and pieces of your story for the most part mm -hmm. because we've hung out etc um but i'm sure also rival sons fans do as well but most of my listeners do not so can okay. you talk a little bit about your journey from south jersey to la to playing keyboards for rival sons but um can you start from the beginning so sure. what was your first instrument you ever started playing? And um, I'm going to chime in throughout the interview with questions from fans because I think it's fun to integrate them in. So okay. uh, with that, do you have any special memories that led you to become a musician? And that's from Bree on Instagram. Um, well, my first musical experience is when, um, you know, you're in elementary school and they um, they give you an instrument. They're like, you know, music class here you go you're like in fourth grade or something is it the recorder uh no oh, mine okay. was the clarinet okay. mine was the clarinet okay um and the and the only reason why that i picked the clarinet is my grandmother's brother he was a concert clarinet player first oh. chair first seat uh uh first section uh for the philadelphia symphony the tampa orchestra the the boston pops and you know so he was like a accomplished musician and so I just got it because I was like, this is what I know. And this is it. So he came over to uh, the house to give me some pointers and uh, how the clarinet is, is uh, you know, put together. It's like all different pieces. So he turned the, the uh, mouthpiece around and he told me, he was like, tell me when to breathe. And he played Flight of the Bumblebee on it. And I was getting this, this incredible concert and I'm helping him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is what you can do. So that was like my first instrument. Yeah. Then I went on to like a saxophone. And then uh, then I wanted to play uh, the piano. And I was at a young age and I just started taking classical pieces and stuff and started doing that. And then I came across this band called Van Halen. Oh. And the, uh, the song was Jump mm -hmm. um, on 1984. And I saw this rock god playing the keyboards and it was something that I did. And then I was like, Oh my God, like hearing that awesome riff and the solo. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> so I, uh, that's what got my start. And then my, uh, my two brothers and my sister, we had like a little cover band and played little gigs here and there and stuff like backyards and like different, like fest, like hometown festival, 4-H uh, fairs and stuff. Oh, cute. And then um, during that time, I picked up the guitar. Mm -hmm. um, my uh, my dad, he played guitar. And so he gave me a couple pointers and I just started learning on my own. And then as years went on, um, that's when I discovered punk rock mm -hmm. and hardcore. And I started playing in like the South Jersey, Philadelphia hardcore scene for a number of years. And um, do you remember what? time frame roughly that was uh this was like in 97 okay through 99 
um, it was like a two year, like pretty like solid two years. Mm-hmm. I was in a band called uh, Forsaken Existence uh, with my buddies. And, um, you know, we played all like these amazing shows with these like legendary um, uh, bands. Like it was back in the day, it's like New Jersey Bloodline, um, uh, Coming Correct, Candiria, um, Hatebreed. And these are small shows too, before everyone started getting like bigger. Um, Burnside. Um, what what I mean, venues were they in? Because I mean, I'm from, you know, I grew up going to concerts in Philly. So you're at the First Unitarian Church or you got other little, did that even exist yet? I don't even know. <laughs> um, no, the, the it, maybe it started right when, uh, as my exit um, in that okay. stage of my life. But these were like, you know, there was this, uh, uh venue in uh Moosic, m-o-o-s-i-c pennsylvania uh called cc's okay and there's not a lot of places that had hardcore shows because i mean oh, insurance yeah. wise and you know just the area and then um yeah so i did that for a couple of years and then i went to school in orlando for recording engineering and it was got my associates there and and then met a bunch of great people and then did my internships in Fort Lauderdale, then came back to Philly mm-hmm. uh, after two years. And then after that, um, I had like my own uh, studio set up and I was recording demos for local bands and like mentoring like high school kids and stuff. It was just really, really fun. And then, uh, then after that point, I think it was around 2000. Oh my God. What was it? 2004, I think. Uh, that's when I moved to LA. Oh, okay. And um, I what went even, out there. What even called you out there? Like, how did that? Oh, yeah, let me just go to LA. Is it just my my uh, stepsister Desiree? She went out there about a year before I did. Okay. And then my my other stepsister was going to go to um, school out in San Fran and uh, Santa Barbara. So she was going to go. She was all planned, and then it was like. Two months before she left, I was like, I'm coming with you. I'm moving too. I was like, screw it. So I sold I a bunch that. of stuff and then went out to LA and then was hooked up with a band called Palo Alto. Okay. And uh, I played keyboards, uh, guitar, and um, backup vocals and did the whole LA scene, you know, playing like all these, the legendary stuff on Sunset Strip and all in and around around uh, the LA area. Did that for a long time, and uh, during that time, I came across. Um, uh, I met Michael Miley, the drummer for Rival Sons, and saw him like before Rival Sons even started. Went out to like the gigs, just network the thing that I do. He was playing in a band called Bird Three at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, so we just hung out kept in touch and stuff. And then I got fed up with LA. It was like the cross between the traffic, mm-hmm. uh, the too much sunshine for me. I mean, I'm a pale freckle face, bald, blue eyed dude. <laughs> this is pre beard. And so um, I was like, I said, I'm moving to New York city. Okay. So moved to New York city. And then um, I was there for eight years. Wow. And then during that time, I, uh, was production managing for different uh, music venues, um, started a couple bars, not on my ticket. I just helped open them up mm-hmm. and then do, being like a studio guy. So I did that for about, I would say, f- uh, six, five, six years. 
Okay. And then, um, then one day, um, you know, I kept in contact with Miley and he said that they just were finishing recording the great Western Valkyrie. And they, it was a lot, it was key heavy, a uh, guy by the name of Ike Owens, rest his, uh, rest his soul. Uh, he played on the record and they needed someone to go out and tour with him. So he gave me a call, the call and he said, listen, uh, you know, we're auditioning keyboard players. Uh, why don't you f- fly out to uh, Long Beach and we're holding auditions. And so, you know, I, on my own dime and went out there. I had about roughly about three and a half, four weeks to learn the album. And then I just basically learned pretty much 75% of their catalog and went in to LA next day, had rehearsal next day, had the audition rehearsals. And then the end of the second day is, is when I got the gig. Wow. And then about four days later, we uh, played a record release show in LA. Uh, the name escapes me of the actual club. And then two weeks later, I'm on a plane to Paris. And then we played a TV show um, called Le Grand Journal. It's um, like, a, like a news slash variety show. Mm-hmm. Very, very huge in, in France. Um, but it's like the whole continent of Europe really knows about this show. And then after that, went over to Helsinki and then the first actual show that I played with Rival Sons was opening up for Aerosmith for like 16,000 people. So going from playing like little shows and clubs and theaters in my life, you know, from the time I was a kid to the first show to play, you know, as like my gig was in a uh, in, in an arena. So it was surreal. It was so surreal, but it was like, yes. And then here I am seven years later. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. That's so yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Wow. That's like gotta be, I mean, have you heard of Rival Sons before you, I mean, obviously yes, because they were a band before that and you just, you started yeah. to through that. Yeah. But so- the, the, um, before the, uh, Rival Sons, uh, Scott Holiday. And um, he formed the band um, Black Summer Crush. And then it was Michael Miley. Um, this guy, forget his first name, something Flowers was the singer. Um, Scott Holiday on guitar and this guy Robin on bass. Well, they did one album and then uh, Jay Buchanan came on and then they just kind of like revamped everything and uh re-recorded the first record um before the fire and then that's when rival sons was born and i saw rival sons at their first la gig which was the house of blues Hmm. this is like in 2008 or 2009 but um i saw black summer crush before but that's how i knew of the band i've always been a fan of the band and my uh, ex-wife um I was like done with touring. I've done like the tours all through my life and stuff. But I said, like, if the only band that I would ever tour with would be Rival Sons. And once you know it, like five years later, I got the call to try it for the band. It's crazy. It's I I actually believe in that whole um, projection, putting yourself out there in the universe and asking for what you want. Oh, wow. And then you you absolutely, totally uh, subscribe to that. Yeah, that's really funny you mentioned that because um, it's not funny. It's just coincidental because I, for the past 
21 days and then I started another 21 days doing this very like positive energy five minute class with a guy from South Jersey that does these classes and I'm trying that's to project awesome. the same things as well. So that's really cool. <laughs> you know, you know what the one thing that's been really helping me like with um with um the you know the whole pandemic thing of not working and stuff. Um like for the past I would say six to seven months, you know, I wake up in the morning and I write down my intentions, like three intentions that I have for the day, then three things that I'm thankful for. And I just write it down, put it, you know, just put it aside, but I know it's there and stuff. And it's been helping tons yeah that's awesome uh, like not even worrying about the stuff that you should be doing or the stuff that's in the news i don't even pay attention to the news yeah um i heard that we have a new president now (laughs) i'm only kidding Uh, (laughs) um cool well this is a perfect segue because i was just about to talk about some of um that stuff and like more of your personal projects so okay uh you're uh, you know, Robelson's American tour postponed six week run a full circle again with Aerosmith, right? Obviously mm-hmm. rescheduled um, this to this year. I mean, fingers crossed, but you know, we'll see. And then your right. fest canceled. So talk a lot about a low blow, but uh, your perseverance throughout the whole pandemic seems super inspiring. So um, I was listening to your podcast, which is kind of like latent, but understandably so I kind of uh, vibed with what you were picking up and putting down on the three episode run but you said this thing that struck me which was um welcome to the backstage that reference was so right like about kind of like the hurry up and wait mentality of this oh yeah and to make the best of it so without uh uh, with that said um can you talk a little bit about your pandemic noodlings and um i'm going to double uh double whammy this with a couple of fan questions as well so okay on instagram crystal asked how do you inspire yourself during the pandemic so you obviously have your list but uh that and then ian from the rival sons and daughters facebook group asked are you writing music are you learning any new instruments so hit us with it all right well uh first i i thanks for the questions guys um and uh the rival sons fan pages on all um all the social media outlets and stuff um you guys have always had my back and i love you guys (laughs) um so for the for to keeping inspired and stuff um during the pandemic i actually started to learn um just my instrument better just practicing every day just getting on a schedule of waking up practicing whether it's like rudiments or scales or practicing arpeggios or whatever and just upping my game um and during that i started to compose more for um film and tv and commercials just doing a like focusing a lot of like uh the scoring aspect of it um string arrangements horn arrangements uh upping my Oh, sorry. Was no, that no, more? Is that more personally, or do you have specific projects that you've worked on? Um, at first, it started off as a personal okay, thing because cool. um, I've always, I always loved scoring. I always loved the the uh, the act of scoring. Like some of my favorite composers to this day, like Danny Elfman. Mm. Um, uh, he's like one of the guys that I got really, really into over the summer. Um, started studying him, and then what he studied. But um, but then that kind of morphed into me just going into different production houses and knocking on the virtual door and just saying, this is the stuff that I've rec- recreated. This is the stuff that I've written and, you know, sending out. I send about 
about 50 to about 75 emails a day, wow. every day, every day. I constantly hound, like I have my list and I constantly hound until I get the job. Like wow, that's it awesome. doesn't know. It's, it's very humbling when they tell you like, do not contact us again. You know, you're being annoying, but I, you know, every, you know, you kinda, every you opportunity it. you don't take is like, you know, a miss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wayne Gretzky a hundred percent. I love, I love failing. Yeah. I love failing. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so been doing that and I've gotten a few gigs, you know, just like student films and independent movies, uh, commercials locally. Um, and then I, <clears throat> I put out the thing on social media of like working with whoever wants to need, who needs keyboards or arrangements or a simple product or whatever production. And it's not just like, you know, these, well-known established bands. I mean, some of them are established. Um, I can go into like the people who I've been working with, but there's some that are just, you know, never had um, the push to get their own personal projects, you know, completed. You know, I have this one artist that I'm working with. She's written these songs like years and years and years ago. And I applaud her for even you know, coming out and reaching out and taking uh, advantage of the services that I'm offering and getting them off the ground. I mean, as an artist, I can tell you with the songs that you write and you never get them down on a recording, it just constantly lives in your head and it just, and you never have the capacity to empty that out. So you can start continue, you can uh, continue to uh, make new music. So, um, so yeah, I've been working with a lot of bands, written a few songs for other people, uh, and I'm starting to write my my own stuff for like my own personal record. Um, I have about five songs so far, so I want to get about like you know three to four more, and then what are the um, vibes? It's actually all over the place. I love that. I it's uh, it's actually too much all over the place. Like I change the voices how I how I sing. Um, some of them are like, you know, uh, like jazzy. Some of them are screaming. Uh, some are just this good old rock and roll spoken word. There's even a couple hip hop tunes on there. Mm. I mean, I'm all over the place. So I need, I need to, to reel it in a little bit. <laughs> I'm excited. That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's okay. But um, be yourself. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? You're right. Brandy, you're so you right. Live once. <laughs> exactly. But um, but a couple of um, this a band that I, I worked with, they're from Oklahoma called Reed Southall. Okay. Um, they're they've been in like the the southern belt touring like Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, and there's like a huge market down there. They've been doing very very well, and but this new record that they wrote, um, it's so rocking. It kind of reminds me of a more like contemporary Kings of Leon kind okay. of feel mixed in with like some good old like Southern rock, but with some little Pearl jam in it. So I offered my services to them, did about nine tracks um, off their record and just brought it up to like a different level. Um, you know, it's not like keyboard heavy on by any means, but uh, for anyone out there that knows um, keyboards or just music in general, though, then like if you have a guitar heavy band, the keyboards just add a little bit of icing to it and just lifts it up 
you know, in a really, really good way. But I got to do string arrangements on it, um, different keyboards, whether it's Rhodes or the B3. Um, it, it was really, really fun. That's awesome. So yeah. when you so when you work with other artists um, and they approach you, are you generally a yes man or do you kind of seed out what you dig? Because I know different artists have different approaches and I'm just curious about what how you see it. There's well, I asked them to send me, um, you know, a, a clip of their song. And if the recording is like if their final recording is isn't up to uh, the standards of actual something that I, I want to put my name on. I just I give them suggestions of like, you know, why don't you just go back, do this, do that. When you're done, come back with me, then I'll work with you. Cool. That's a good mentality. But, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I don't want to waste their time and my I don't want to yeah, waste my absolutely. time either. And because I always want to put out a quality product, doesn't matter who it is. So, um, yeah, as long as they uh, have a good like a, a, a reasonably sonically sound recording and there's like minimal mistakes in it and they're at least their guitars in tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll work with them. You know, I've, I did about since the pandemic about 17 different records. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. So is that just because of, um, I'm just curious cause I don't really see that side. Is that like a one time kind of payment or do you get any kind of Royal kind of payments with plays or how does that work? I, generally don't uh require any royalties okay um but then uh but my fee to record them kind of goes up unless they offer me something substantial like on the back end then i then it kind of like fluctuates how it goes though okay. but i usually have like a standard rate um but but then there is other people that like there was this one great band that I just finished a couple songs with them called the Pentitent Man. Uh, they're from uh, Salt Lake City. And I've been in contact with the guy, Chris, the drummer. And he was like, OK, so we have two songs. One's 11 minutes long. <laughs> one is nine minutes long. I'm like, OK, so the rate's going to not be like per song. Oh, okay. It's going to be this, yeah. you know, but that's a one great band that I hope uh people latch on to um awesome. the two songs that i got to be on they're effing incredible and um i sent uh your boo mike yeah. uh, my uh my organ solo oh and it's basically a tribute to donnie oh that's so <laughs> cute i love that okay it's it's really it's so 70s rock and Dope. i've I've been getting good, Brandy. I'm, I'm getting excited. good. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's great. I love that. And that organ solo sounds. I'm like, I'm like melting in my head about it. So sorry. I'm like, Ugh, that organ solo. Uh, you know, I'll <laughs> I'll like send you a clip. It. I'll send you okay. the clip. Um, okay. But I can't wait for the song to be like finished and mixed, and so I can get those guys out because they're they're a really really good band. They're like, uh, kind of like like a a stoner proggy ethereal heavy as f okay band like they're you really, had me really at stoner good. so <laughs> 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 no that's awesome um so during the pandemic also i just have to mention this did you teach your mom guitar or did like 
or no, was that a no, it, okay. No, what happened was she started picking up it. She decided that she wanted to learn guitar. Oh. And um, you know, she's, you know, she's up there in, in age. Um, but my uh my stepdad, he played guitar like okay. they were in a band when they were kids. So um, you know, he's always played guitar and you know, she she sings and um, you know, it like you know, at her age, she was just like, I'm just going to start learning the guitar. And then so she just picked up the acoustic. I, you know, helped her out picking out a, like a proper one because she's like, you know, five foot, mm. nothing, five, like literally five foot. And, you know, she's tiny. So she needed like a three quarter guitar and, and she starts playing it and stuff. And so she sends me, uh, you know, her clips playing like Hotel California and, you oh. know, other songs that she's learning and she's wrote like in one song and she goes how does this do she goes maybe you can help me i'm like of course mama help you oh that's so <laughs> adorable i just love yeah. that you're such a family man that's so cute and when you post about your mom it like melts my heart so i just, <laughs> wanted, I just like had to well it's an inspiration yeah. <laughs> it's an inspiration though i mean seriously there's like people out there that are doing the pandemic and stuff they're all all they're doing is fucking complaint oh exactly. can i curse on here oh yeah oh okay all right um <laughs> They're just like sit around and complaining and yeah. like, you know, with their thumbs up their ass and uh, like they're just like, Bleh. and here's like, you know, a woman that's like, you know, I'm just going to learn something new. Yeah. And that's she beautiful. did. Oh, another thing that, I've, yeah. that I've been doing in the pandemic was um, I've been taking a course in electrical engineering. Wow. <laughs> that's cool. It's not it's not credited or anything. It's not like I'm going to go out and, you know put in like you know substations or anything like that but it's it's something that i've always wanted to learn and i had the downtime so That's you know awesome. i'm always about yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool so i'll, I'll learn how to well, put put in an outlet todd you win this <laughs> pandemic so <laughs> you do that's great <laughs> Um, so another thing that happened during, uh, the, the time off is you were actually also working cause rival sons was in the studio. So you went out to the studio to record, right? Not yet. Oh, not yet. sorry. I thought uh, you did. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's, there's been like a lot of like questions and stuff, people okay. asking and stuff about it. Um, well, how the dynamic of the band works, the, uh, guitar player and singer, they, uh, they write the songs and have like, the, 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 the kind of like the ideas for the, uh, the, sh the, the core of the songs and then, and how it has worked in the past is I come in after everything is recorded and then I lay my stuff down. Um, like with hollow bones, um, I went in there and I, I racked out that, that whole record in six hours. I was just like a madman. Dave Cobb was just like, here you go. This do this. All right, do this. And I'm like, okay, let me listen to it. Okay. All right. Do it again. And like, you know, it was just like a, a mishmash because we we're under uh, a tight schedule. Mm -hmm. And then for um, Feral Roots, I came in for the first five days and then they had another session and I wasn't a part of that. And then I came back in for like the last three days because I mean, if a band's core is like vocals, guitar, booming drums and bass, and then I come in, you know, which I, I know that I'm not going to have a solo or anything on there or it's not going to be around the keyboards. Not yet anyway, I hope. Mm -hmm. But um, but I'm going to be in probably on like the last session and then I'll just lay my parts down. OK, so, awesome. Yeah. And when you're in the studio, um, do you. 
do you how do you pepper in your vibes is it kind of like the Matt you know Jay and Scott write it and then you, you you add your element to that part and does the producer are they working with Dave Cobb again yeah yeah okay yeah. so um I mean I guess if it's not happened yet you can't really tell me so you'll have to tell me yeah I mean <laughs> well how it really comes down to um like if someone in the room, what it doesn't matter who it is, um, they'll like if they have a suggestion, you know, I'll, I'll definitely try it out. I mean, it's not going to yeah, be yeah. like you know I'm against it or anything. It's, if it serves the song, mm. I will serve the song. It's getting on the way. Oops. <laughs> and um, uh, but then it's like usually I know what's what the song calls for. Um, you know, if I'm going to put like a Mellotron thing on something, or if it's going to be like an organ or a Farfisa sound, or even if it's like a sound effect or something, you know, it's like, you try it out, you just try it out and just go from there. But it's, I think once you start, like some musicians, they go into a situation like that and their ego is so um, fragile that they don't know how to navigate that type of scenario where I know my role mm -hmm. in the, in the band and it's a, it, that formula works Perfect. and I'm not, and it's not going to like, why mess up something that's been working. Absolutely. So, but if I mean, if something comes around where it's like, you know, if I, if I hear something, I was like, Hey guys, check this out. So if, if it sticks great, if it doesn't move on to the next thing. Awesome. Yeah. So, I guess we'll just have to see what happens for the new record. I've been enjoying all the Rival Sons updates on their, you know, studio updates. So um looking forward to it rolling out into a new record. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to, uh, really looking forward to getting it finished. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I speak like along with so many musicians out there, just get the live stuff going. Just no. Yeah. I mean, you know what? For rock and roll, touring is so important to promote new music. Oh, and yeah. yeah. That's how you make your money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that 100% as well. But, you know, working on the digital marketing side, we want you guys to tour because it gives us content to post and oh, to, you're, like, you're... you know, work with. So, believe me, I'm on board with you about getting back on you the road. You are going to be inundated with so much yeah. material and content to work with because everyone in their like mother brother sister cousin dog are, are putting out records yeah. in 2021 mm -hmm. 2022 and <laughs> like every it's going to be nuts because the um one of the um the uh local venues here like in like around the philadelphia area um there's this really great bar called ortlieb's yeah i know ortlieb's well, they have they uh, they've been struggling trying to keep mm -hmm. their stuff up for anyone that's listening. It's like a very, very it's a small bar that has like a little stage in the back and stuff holds about maybe 100 people. Um, but they had this whole thing of save our stages. Uh, they're in that whole affiliate. And, you know, people are just trying to just survive right now. And so many venues are closing down because they just, they just can't survive. So when everything opens back up all the bands that are playing all the artists around america and even the globe they're all going to be clamoring in for um that venue on their route during their tour 
So it's going to be interesting to see how everyone navigates that. And this is and like, that's like a, a testament to the tireless work of the tour manage, tour managers, production managers, and, you know, getting the, the hands and the local hands just back to work because they are, they're going to be working their asses off. Absolutely. It's going to be, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. I cannot wait to walk past like, you know, our guys, and, you know, seeing them like cursing at someone because someone didn't do their job right. And just going to be like, don't you just love it? Yeah. Don't you just love all this? Yeah, that's <laughs> great. So um, to to kind of like wrap it up, I guess, is uh, I love to ask kind of random fun questions. Good for If it. that's cool. Love- okay. And yeah, some of them of are from fans, but I thought they were cool. So I'm putting them in the silly rapid fire question group. Okay. Um. This is from Lauren Lauren on the Rival Sons and Daughters group. Uh, what is one thing you would tell your younger self? Invest in Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. And and uh, don't worry about algebra. Yeah, I love that. That's cool. Um, would you rather experience a zombie outbreak or an alien invasion? Alien invasion. Why? Because uh, I want to see shit flying around. And like, you know, that's what, like I think of alien invasion. It'll just be kind of cool just to see like, you know, different beings, me, 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 yeah. you know? <laughs> so from another Facebook book, uh, Facebook group question from Stacy, um, who is your favorite author? Ooh, uh, you know what? This is, may sound trite, but I'm a, I, my first, my first favorite author was Charles Bukowski. Oh, I love uh, Charles Bukowski. Ham on Rye changed my life. Changed my life. Awesome. Um, guess because it just got me into reading, like on a regular basis. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty good. I've actually uh, just finished. Um, um, oh my God, the name escapes me. Uh, Thomas Paine. Um, the came out seventeen ninety four. Uh, oh my God! Um, Age of Reason. Okay. Um, it's a very, very poignant book, especially in this uh, day and age. And I'm not a very political person, um, but it kind of makes your eyes open up. But I've also been like, you know, reading about like um, metaphysics. I just wow. uh, my you're like my one buddy... of the smartest people I know. Oh, I'm not real. smart. Oh, I'm so... I'm I'm just very very well spoken. Um, but the uh, another thing too that I just got into was quantum physics. Wow. Now I am very very I'm a I'm a not amateur at best when it comes to this. But the some of the things that are implied, um, like one of the things that kind of blew my mind was the focus of atoms. Everything that we make that we live in is um, uh, you know they're comprised of atoms. And they supposedly said that the only reasons why that atoms even make something like the the cumulative object of atoms is because of our awareness. So you looking at the your computer, or your screen, or something, right? Um, or walking down the street, um, you know, you're you know drinking some water, or whatever, and you don't have anything like your awareness isn't around you, right? So they say that there's that's not even there. Like wow. nothing is there. Oh boy. 
<laughs> kind of weird. It's kind of it's kind of like a, a very very um, reaching concept, but it's fascinating. And I'd rather like you know try to think about stuff when I look at the stars or whatever, mm. and then just you know that's like one of my favorite things to do, especially in the winter time mm. here in the in uh, the Northeast, uh, like you know following Orion's Belt to uh, Bellatrix to Beetlejuice, um, Sirius to Canis Minor, Pollux, Cap. Yeah. and you're in the country too so you get that pitch yeah black, pitch yeah black light that's great yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty pretty good um how's everything going up to in uh, jersey city like how's the vibe um the vibe i mean i don't go out much just because i try to do my part but i do a go out maybe once or twice a week and support a restaurant and you that's know awesome. try to tip you know, 50 to 100%, depending on where I go and what I buy and just do my part that way. But everybody's safe. Everybody's wearing masks. It doesn't matter if the homeless guy on the street or a family walking down the street, they're all doing their part. Um, and everything's at, you know, a smaller capacity, but it's still happening. And I think it's being, everything's being done safely. You know, there was an outdoor music festival in October in the cemetery, which was, you know, socially awesome. distant and cool and yeah so the vibes are good i mean i miss concerts as we all do but it's <laughs> it's all yeah. the vibes are all good and yeah just about like those those rituals every day so yeah i think it's it's important to uh to stay on some sort of schedule or have like your, your little personal wins uh during all this stuff but i actually like in the past, I would say, couple weeks, actually started to see a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Like having like, instead of like a forcing, like the optimism, I'm actually just feeling it now. Yeah. Because I think that everything that's happening and stuff and, you know, people with conspiracy theories, you know, I I really hope that they find peace and um, solace, you know, in their daily lives. But uh, I think that this whole thing is going to be like, wow, this is miraculously just going away sooner than we thought. Mm, and I, I actually think that uh, summer tours are going to happen Ooh, definitely cool. by fall. But I think that summer tours are going to happen. Maybe awesome. that's just still me being like super optimistic. <laughs> it's good to be optimistic. You got to yeah. you got to make your future in your mind and let it be. Yeah, there. you know, in the it's like that whole <laughs> it, it's that whole thing of um of uh um, like you wake up in the morning and you're like, you know, I just, I'm just going to decide to be in a good mood. That's yeah. it. You know, you can say, you can say fuck off to like anyone that you want though. But you know, <laughs> as they do say in the fuck South, <laughs> you know, they're like, their way of saying fuck off is bless your heart. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. I love that. That's I get the that best thing ever. Um, cool. And then I think I have one more question for you. What's up? Uh, would you rather live in 1968 or 2068? 1968 cool and why yeah um less people <laughs> that's a good one i didn't see that coming. um but i mean that's for selfish reasons of like um maybe yeah 1968 just for the fact of less people um just being able to see some of the things that are aren't totally built up mm. um 
but for progressive reasons and um, for culture and society and just to see what it was like, you know, 2068. Yeah. Gulp. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Fuck it. No, I'm sticking to 1968. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be alive in 2068. At least I hope I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Todd. Is there anything that you just want to... Uh, I don't know, tell anybody out there, young and up and coming bands or anybody, if you want to, uh, any last words, where to find you on the internet and all that jazz. Well, you can find me on the, on them interwebs at, at Todd the mofo. Um, if you, you know, uh, just follow me on there. I got a couple things that are lined up that are going to be really, really fun. Um, as far as, I think that there was like some sort of, thing with like the uh my podcast and the reason why that i haven't had any new stuff was because i really didn't have anything positive to say and i'm not really into in I, interviewing people and stuff so you you rock at this brandy oh, so thanks. applaud you on that <laughs> but um there is uh talks of something else coming up and just i'll keep you all posted and um yeah just keep on the the lookout for rival sons new record when it comes out hopefully sometime this year Awesome, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Todd. But thanks for having me on, and thanks for coming on. <laughs> let's, get, let's get pizza again. I know we will get pizza. That was so good, Mar Mariano's, right? Pizza or Menino's? Menino's. Yeah, me <laughs> Menino's. It was so good. I've actually, I'm, I'm thinking about like, I haven't had like you know too many uh, carbs or anything during the month of January, so I think it's going to be like my first big outing. Mm. So good. Sounds the good. arugula. Forget oh yeah, it. you that's a game changer, I'm not gonna lie, because I would have never thought about putting arugula on pizza. But <laughs> it was like really good. <laughs> really good. Really good. Awesome. Do you put hand, do you uh do you do the Hawaiian pizza? Oh no, I don't. I just like Have just, you tried it? I'm just turned off by it. I just I'm freaked <sighs> out by it and I just think about it in my mouth and I'm like, mm. <sighs> It's know. hard to it's hard to hate when you haven't tried it. Yeah. Yeah, the give it a shot. I'm saying like because I'm getting to taste it because <laughs> I, I just had this perfect idea of doing like the the half like pep and arugula and the other half is going to be Hawaiian. Oh, OK. You got to make sure and you I'm going to and I'm going to tag you on on the pictures and just see me like <laughs> eating it like bite by bite. Nice. I can't wait for it. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. No worries. And there you have it, Todd Ogren, the keyboardist for Rival Sons and a touring and session musician. Be sure to follow him online everywhere at Todd the Mofo. If you've stuck around this far, thank you so much for listening. I'm Brandy Lucas, and you can follow me everywhere online at Brandy Lucas. That's Brandy with an I, Lucas with a K. Or on TikTok at Brandy is going to hell. You can also keep up with Everything that I talk about, hobbies, music, etc. on brandyisgoingtohell.com. Until next time, make sure you get those showers in in the pandemic. Be nice to animals, be nice to old people, and keep on rocking. Thank you, yes you, for listening to Brandy is Going to Hell. 
I have a lot more thank yous in order for making the show come alive. I want to thank Celeste Giuliano for her amazing pinup photography. I dreamed of having my photographs taken by her in order to make my podcasting dreams come to life. So thank you, Celeste, and your team for making me look like a hot mama. Thanks to Crystal Rugel for her design direction for my new logo. Spent many nights texting her late. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And she was such a great resource. Shout out and many thanks to Ryan Hanratty at Frosted Green Productions for all video production. My man, definitely don't want to be fucking with video and you've saved my life. My amazing husband, Mike Airy, for always believing in me and bridging the gap between me and amazing artists. I love you and you're my rock. St. Neat's hardcore band Impact for the music throughout the show. You can check out their EP Strength Through Loyalty on every streaming service. My friend Gooch, a.k.a. Ryan Nelson, for always asking me, when's a new show coming out? My friend Matt Young, who got my foot into the door as an intern at Indigoot, which led me to my first career in music at Q Prime. So a major shout out goes to Doug O'Swandle as well for giving me a chance and hiring me there. My dad, John Lucas, for raising me with an impeccable taste in music. And my mom, Beth Ann Lucas, for helping me be a functional adult with good credit. Last but not least, Brandy is Going to Hell is dedicated to my badass grandmom, Elizabeth Betty Fowler. 